Taking charge of your future starts with taking the first steps. And saving up to $30 a month on Cox Internet with the Affordable Connectivity Program makes those steps easy to take. Whether they bring you to click upload on your first short film or join now for an online book club. Applying is easy. See if you qualify at cox.com slash ACP. Non-transferable one per household application and eligibility decisions are made by the FCC. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. So somebody said something to him. Because somebody said something to him, all of a sudden he runs and he's in the wilderness. Look, he's a day. Go and put the scripture up. Great job, guys. First Kings 19.4. But he himself went a day's journey. So he walks a whole day by himself. Or feeling by himself, because the scripture implies later on that he had a servant, one of his servants with him. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. He chooses to go to the wilderness because of something somebody said. And he comes and he sits down under a broom tree. Juniper tree is what that means. Juniper is what they use to flavor gin. Now, I just, I'm just telling you that. I'm not, now, don't be using that as your excuse. Well, Elijah, no, don't, don't go, no. I'm just telling you that the Bible is suggesting that it got so rough for this man who had such a great victory that he sat under a tree they used to flavor gin. I just wonder. And look, he prays to God that he might die. And he says, it is enough now, Lord. I'm ready to go. I'm sick of these folk. Verse 5. Then he lay down and he slept. I'm just wondering. What I love about the Lord is the Lord said, you have no choice in this matter, Elijah. I paid too much of a price for you, so I heard you, but I disregard you. Thank God for the times where he heard you and he chose to disregard. Thank God for the times where he heard you and he chose to disregard you. That wasn't you speaking, that was your discouragement. That wasn't you talking, that was that seed that was sown. So the angel touches him and says to him, get up and eat something. Oh, you think you just want to starve yourself? Oh, no, you're not. You're going to live. We're going to eat next verse <laughs> then he looked and there he was uh, there was by his head a cake baked on coals and a jar of water so the Lord was like oh no you're going to eat so he ate and drank and then he went back to sleep <laughs> you have been so discouraged that you wake up to eat and then you eat to go to sleep then you wake up to eat and then you eat to go back to sleep now, this is, this is the man of God. He called fire from heaven. All right, I'll leave that alone. I'll leave that alone. 
So discouragement says, it, 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 Elijah was discouraged. That's the point I'm making. And I, and I was saying that we can all understand being discouraged. Elijah's like, this is just, I don't even understand why I even continue God. So let me just, let's just not even bother with it. And if you keep reading the story, he's like, I'm by myself. He said, I don't really have the help I need to do what you're asking me to do. Anybody ever felt like that? He's like, God, I hear what you want me to do. He's like, but I don't have what I need. You've dealt me a hand that I'm trying to figure out how in the world I'm supposed to play this hand. I don't have what I need. And then he says to him, he says, you're not alone. And he gives him some instructions. This is, he says, go get Elisha. And he gives him other instructions. He says, and it's, it's a few thousand of them. He says, a few thousand of them that haven't bowed down to the bells. He said, I, I, just, I, I just was waiting to the right moment for your help to show up. But Satan will use what? What's the first thing? Accusations. I got to move. Number two, accursed things. And we talked about this. Something under a curse or hostile to the theocracy. And I talked about that in part one. Uh, uh, God's operation is a theocracy. It's a theocratic monarchy, really. Theocratic uh, means a God-ran system of kings and priests. Revelation 1-6 says we are the kings and priests. He is king of kings. Who are the other kings? Us. Got it? He doesn't need, you know, he, he, Jesus, uh, the scripture says, is our high priest, as he was pleading our case to the Father. But in all of that, watch this, say a theocratic, theocratic. Monarchy. monarchy. Now, so an accursed thing, by definition, means something hostile to theocracy, something hostile to God being first, something hostile to God being in charge. See, when we say things like God is in control, we need to understand what that means, because most people take that to mean that everything that happens, God wanted it to happen, and that's not in your Bible. People say, well, God is sovereign. That sovereign just means supreme ruler. Okay, let me, let me give you an example. Parents, I know you are the supreme ruler of your homes. But how many times you've gone in that room, checked up under that bed to find that the law of the kingdom was not being followed? Somebody say this morning. Are y'all getting what I'm saying? Now, you're the sovereign over the house. But that doesn't mean that your subjects are following. Did you get the, the analogy I used there? Okay, in a job, okay, if you're in supervisory capacity, you can set, you, you're the sovereign, you're the supervisor, uh, you're the sovereign. But that don't mean them employees are doing nothing like what you taught them to do. Do I have any supervisory witnesses in the house? I got one, two, three, four, five, and six. I counted them, seven. Now, now, now watch this. Watch this. Uh, we looked at this last week I'm, uh, in Joshua chapter 7, uh, verse number 20. Remember the story? They lost the battle of Ai, which should have been an easy battle. When they lost this battle, what ends up taking place is Joshua gets on his face. He says, God, why did we lose? Why did we lose? And God's like, get up off your face. There is an accursed thing in your midst. And for this reason, you could not stand against your enemies. In other words, God said, because that's there, I won't let you win. You should have won. You're right. But I wouldn't let you because then a cursed thing was in your midst. And in Joshua uh, 7 and 20, and Achan answered Joshua and said, Indeed, I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel, and this is what I did. When I saw the spoils, a beautiful Babylonian garment. Now, remember, we talked about this. Leave the scripture up for just a moment. Y'all okay? All right, we got to go to third gear because I got to make sure we finish. And so it says, uh, a beautiful Babylonian garment. Now, remember, the Babylonians were pagans. They didn't worship God. So God had this big issue with them wanting stuff from, from, from sources inferior to him. God was offended at the thought that you would go to some loser to get what you had from the king of kings. 
That's the best way I can make it. God was like, how dare you look to that to be your source when I am Shema. I am your source. How dare you look to that to be your source when I am Jireh. I am your provider. So he had an issue when they would take on sources. Because that's what the word God means. It means source. God is not God's name. It is a title. Just like say, when I saw the, are y'all learning something tonight? When I saw him on the spoils of a beautiful Babylonian garment, so he took, Babylon means confusion. So he brought confusion in his own tent. 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold weighing 50 shekels. Say somebody else's money. He says, I coveted them and I took them. And there they are hidden in the earth in the midst of my tent with the silver under it. Everybody with me? All right, so I gave you some examples last week. I want to get this just real quickly. I gave you some examples of things that could be a curse things, things that are under a curse or hostile to God being in charge. Now, you may think, Bishop, I just don't believe this. Listen, get on top of the building because you probably don't believe in gravity either, and let's check that theory. <laughs> you choosing not to believe it doesn't make it any less true. <laughs> Amen. All right, because I know some people think, I'm not getting rid of my music. Okay, I'm just telling you, you choosing not to believe it doesn't make it any less true. So some of the examples of some of the cursed things, things under curse, uh, we talked about music. Because music, and, and I gave you, I went in depth into this last week. Uh, music, uh, you got to be real careful because you say, well, the words aren't bad. Uh, or if the words are bad, I'm just listening to the beat. The problem is, is that both of them contain spirit. Words are spirit, John 6 and they, they're bringing either life or death. But then each of those musical notes has a corresponding Hebrew letter, which means that it's also a word. Which means the beat is a word. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying. Which means the words and the music are both words. So they're sowing into you. That's why, watch this. When you're feeling discouraged, don't you have a go-to song? Thank you for the 15 of y'all that's going to be honest. Now, some may be a good go-to song, right? You know, like, I'm going to make it, you know, for every mountain, you know, something like this here. But then some got some other songs. I mean, it's just other stuff. And it's hostile to the theocracy. So when you should have been praying to get a strategy, you were listening to something depressing to cope and lick your wounds. And while you were out licking your wounds, the battle left. You missed it. And you think because you didn't have to fight it that you won it. No, you just missed it. But I came to tell somebody tonight that you've been ignorant of it for the last time tonight. Because let him who has stolen steal no longer. So watch. So, so, so we talked about relationships. Some relationships can be a curse things. They're hostile to God being in charge. And you know they are. And you just keep them because you like feeling needed. Okay? All right? All right. Now, I'm not beating this up. I'm just giving this the truth. Amen. Uh, gossip. Amen. Listen, what is gossip? You're talking about something you don't need to be talking about. Well, Bishop, how do I know what I'm not supposed to talk about? If it ain't about you, you ain't supposed to be talking about it. That's gossip. But I'm just telling you so you can pray. I didn't need to know so I could pray. All I need you to do is just pray. The Holy Ghost knows. He knows the deep things. 
Anything ain't got nothing to do with you is gossip. Right. Just keep it simple that way. Right. Just keep it simple that way. Okay? Because people talk about all oh, my haters, my haters. Could it be you're just reaping what you've sown? Could some of that hate just be harvest? It's quiet in this church. Amen. Uh, we talked about photos. We talked about, watch this, possessions. We talked about memories, attitudes, approaches. Your approach to life can be hostile to God being in charge. Because your approach to life is, I don't feel it, I'm not doing it. How's that been working out for you? How's that really working? You know, I found some of the most arrogant people are people that ain't got nothing to be arrogant about. And shouldn't nobody ever be arrogant? But if you are going to be arrogant, have something to be arrogant about. None of us should be. Touching every none of us should be. None of us should ever get prideful. None of us should ever get arrogant. But baby. All right. Let's move on. Uh, so, something that's not yours can be an accursed thing. <laughs> it's quiet in here. Oh, let's move on. Unjust gain. Judas had unjust gain. He got that money, and after he betrayed Jesus, you know what he tried to do? He tried to take it back to the treasury. And you know what the chief priest said? We don't want that. He said, that's blood money. It's unlawful for us to put that in the treasury. They were like, your money is no good here. We used you to get to him. Now we got him. You ain't, you know, what are you even doing? Who let you in the gate? Where's Caiaphas? Caiaphas always letting people up in here. What? <laughs> Unjust gain, okay, can be an accursed thing, all right? I'm just giving you some examples. Stolen property, all right? Now, I'm going to go through here real quick because I know, I, I know this. <laughs> Stolen property. So them downloads illegally. And you say, well, Bishop, it's a sharing site, but you didn't buy it. Somebody came to me one time a few years ago and said, Bishop, we've been taking your CDs home and just copying them and giving them to people. And I said, you know, that's great that you're giving people the word, but what you need to understand is, is that you are stealing. So they can't even reap the harvest of the word because you gave it to them. Sound like I just busted something up in the atmosphere. That's what's been going on? That's what's been going on with the CD sale. Oh, okay. I didn't even know. Okay, so you say, well, I just, I just got it off my friend's iPod, but you didn't buy it. That's not your song. And I know, y'all, I know in America, we don't like to think about stuff. Here's what you need to understand. That song that costs you 99 cents or $1.29 or whatever on iTunes or whatever, you don't know the heartache and the pain that that person that wrote that song had to go through to pay for it. So pay them their money. Okay, let's, let's try that with you. Go to work and work, and then let somebody come in and say, no, nah, I illegally took them hours from you. You ain't getting paid. Thanks for coming, though. I know you're a good saved Christian, but you said it'd be some smoke in the city. It's quiet in here. I found this great site to watch stuff that just came out. That's stealing. (laughs) 
It's quiet in here. I, I told you I was going to move on. Let me move on. because I Burn me a copy of that. That's stealing. That ain't sharing. That's stealing. Some of y'all own the music industry. Hundreds of thousands of dollars. Now, listen, I know, your, I know our intent. I know our intent when we were, we've done that. I know our intent was never thinking that way. But you just need to look at it for what it is. It's for sale. Now, if they put it on their website to say, here it is for free, okay. But now, if they say, this is for sale, and you take sale to mean, give me your iPad cord so we can connect and I can get it, that's stealing. I know we didn't know. I know. I know. I know you just thought that was favor. <laughs> you was walking out talking about favor. Didn't the Lord favor? I got the whole CD, man. They just gave it to me. Favor? <laughs> no, that's stealing. No. That's stealing. <laughs> that's stealing. <laughs> Lord, help us. Lastly, we talked about addiction. So the first was what? Second was, third was, uh, addictions, we talk about the continued repetition of a behavior despite adverse uh, consequences, all right? So Satan uses these three things. These are his devices. Uh, 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 we talked about some habits and patterns, and so we talked about some of the obvious addictions. When we think of the word addiction, we talked about drugs. Drugs are all about transcendence. We talked about alcohol. Alcohol is all about escape. We talked about being a victim. It's all about attention. We talked about being addicted to hatred, which is all about control. And we, talk, and we ended here, I think, last week about taking on people as projects. That's about establishing your own necessity. Let me give you a couple other examples of addictions. You can be addicted to being depressed. Okay, you can be addicted to being depressed. You can be addicted to singing the same old song. That's why in the scripture, there's a message in the bookstore you should get called a new song. God used to get angry with them uh, because he was like, y'all keep singing the same old tired song. And God says, I want you to hear a new song. Somebody say new song. So his anger wasn't that he was mad at them. His anger was like, why are you settling for the same old, old, same old tired life when you can have something fresh and new what I'm trying to do for you? So that's why Psalm 96.1 says, oh, sing unto the Lord a what? A new song. He was saying, I don't want to hear about, oh, it's so rough. Just been so rough. Mm -hmm, rough. And I don't know when it's going to get better, but it's rough. And I'm tired because it's rough. But I think I might go on, but even though... I want to go on. I'm not sure because it's still kind of rough. God was like, I don't want to hear that song one more time. This is not chaos. I don't want to hear the same old song over and over and over and over again. I want to hear a new song. Now, when I started just to say what I was going to say, most radio stations do that because that's just what they do. They play the same songs every 14 minutes. I said, I just listened to this. Anybody else? Like, I just listened to this. Like, no, it's not even in my mind. Like, I watched the time. It was 9.04. It's 9.22. This is the same. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. 
so you can be addicted to being depressed. Watch this. Here's the last example I want to give you in an addiction. You can be addicted to being average. I, um, I, uh, uh, let's define average. Average, people, people stay in average because of one reason, a lack of follow-through. That's the difference between the above average and the average is follow-through. It's the difference between above average customer service and lackluster customer service. Follow-through. Follow-through. And you can be addicted to being average so that whenever the opportunity for greatness comes, your addiction... I need another hit of average. I need another hit of not following through. I'm just not going to do it. I'm just not going to do it. I never understood that. I, I, I'd like to visit average for one day just to see, just, for, just, just to see. No, I just want to take a trip there. Just to see, just, you know, just to visit, a trip, just to visit. To the mindset, because I, and I'm not being pretentious, I'm just, I'm just like, just follow through. Just do it. See, because some of y'all, you understand, you don't have, not following through is not, not an option for you. I know it's not an option for you because you're in church on a Wednesday night. But you got friends and stuff who are not following through. They just can do that. They're like, did you call so-and-so about this? Nah. Okay, you know they're going to do this and this. I know. Pick up the phone and call them. See, see, this is why I can't visit there. Because I would act that way. <laughs> Scared myself. I think I broke the stage. I don't even know. I don't know. <laughs> my shoes loose I don't know what happened I don't know <laughs> some of y'all some of y'all that, that have to raise kids and, and find a way to make things happen average ain't no option I have to follow through there's no option for me I, I, I must the difference between above average and average is follow through I'm just not going to do it I'll pray for me. It's a Wednesday, so we're taking long, okay? Is that my helping anybody? So the next time you want to be addicted to average, remember your bishop's face. And you're sitting up here, I'm more than a conqueror. Conquerors follow through! So what's the goal of his devices? The goal of Satan's devices is very, very simple. Uh, it's found uh, in Luke 22. We're not going to flip there for the sake of time. The, the goal of Satan's devices, we're going to look at just two verses, and then I'm going to teach you how to break this. The goal of Satan's devices, I told you we're going to start a little slow today, all right? The goal of Satan's devices is very, very simple. The goal of his devices is to, watch this, sift you. I know you thought still killing you short. Uh, uh, if you read that in context, that comes to giving people uh, uh, influence that shouldn't have it. Uh, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd, and he that doesn't come by the door. Okay, so that's reading context. His goal is to sift you. In Luke 22, uh, let's just look at it, verse 31, real quick, real quick. How much time I got? Luke 22, Luke 22, and verse 31. And, and the Lord said, Simon Sider. Now, he's talking to Simon Simon. He's talking to Peter here. So he's talking to his, his more, shall we say, uh, rough uh, disciple. Yeah. 
Indeed, watch this, watch this, Harvest. Satan asked us for you. You missed it. Let's connect the dots. Come on, let's, let's close this out right. Satan came to the meeting. And when he came to the court, he had some accusations. And uh, he asked for you. And he asked if he could sift you like wheat. He knows he can't kill you because we have to give that authority. He knows he can't take your life because I have to tell him he can take your life. So his job is to sift you so that you get stuck in your sift so that you never make your shift into what God has ordained for your life. So watch. He says he asked that he could sift you like wheat. Now you think Jesus is like, verse 32, uh, do you think Jesus would be like, I told him no. Look at what Jesus said. I prayed for you. He said, oh, you're going through this. But I prayed for you that your faith wouldn't fail you now. Oh, I am here to tell somebody, your setback is a reality, but I'm here to tell you Jesus prayed. Stop denying the reality of the setback. It's a reality, but guess what? Jesus said, I prayed for you, Peter. I prayed for you, Simon, that your faith would not fail you. And watch what he says. And when you have returned to me, wait a minute. Jesus already knew that Simon had a rejection complex. So he already knew that Peter was going to get crazy for a couple of days. So he tells him up front, when you come back, I'm here to tell somebody, stop beating yourself up because of your mistake. Jesus knew you were going to make it. And he said, when you come back, I dare you to high five your neighbor saying, when you come back, when you come back. He says, strengthen your brethren. He said, Satan filed a motion. I got to go to fifth gear. I got to finish here. Satan filed a motion, which means he couldn't do what he wanted to do when he wanted to do it because God had to allow it, which means if God allowed it, it must have been for Peter's good and for God's glory. The word asked there is the Greek word, which means to demand for a trial. It means to demand for a trial. Come on, be a good church. It means to demand for a trial. And Satan has filed a motion in the court to take you to trial. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying? Watch. And it means, watch this. <laughs> it means, watch this. Say, say demand. demand. Watch this. It means this. For torture, for punishment, to be tried by afflictions, to test. He said, the adversary asked for you by name because he was studying you, Peter. And so, uh, he wants to sift you. Sift means, so asked means to demand for trial. Sift means to prove by trial. To sift you like what? Wheat. Wheat means this. The sifting of wheat means to shake the inedible part off. To get the chaff off of the edible part, which is actually the wheat. Let's connect the dots. Come on. I got 10 minutes on the CD. Y'all ready? It's okay. Y'all okay? Y'all come on Wednesday nights. So I'd like to give you a little bit more. 
Is that okay? I don't have the time to really do it like I want to on Sunday. So. Okay, so watch this. He said, Satan filed a motion. The motion asked for you. It demanded to put you on trial. To test you. To sift you like wheat. Watch this. But what Satan doesn't understand is, is that him wanting to sift you like wheat is really for your good. The reason I prayed for you, Peter, rather than rebuked his request is because there's some chaff on you, Peter, that needs to fall off. There's some baggage on you, Peter, that needs to fall off. There's some inedible stuff on you, Peter, that needs to fall off. There are some nouns, people, places, things, and ideas that need to fall off. So the reason I approved his demand for trial was because it's for your good. But I pray for you that your faith wouldn't fail you. And when you come back, and when you come back, strengthen your brethren. Y'all understand what this means? Jesus knew he was going to fall. Jesus knew he was going to have a setback. You know what Jesus did? Jesus pre-graced it. He pre- I don't think you understand the power of it. Jesus wasn't like, and I'm going to get you. No, Jesus was like, I already know. Can I, touch, t- can I tell you to encourage you, for those of you feeling really discouraged right now, Jesus was like, I already knew. I already knew you was going to cuss. I already knew you was going to act crazy. I already knew you were going to get discouraged. I already knew you were going to do I already knew. So when you return, I came to announce that somebody's returning to their right mind and somebody's. And when you return, strengthen your brethren. You know what this means? It means share your testimony. That's why when Peter, I feel it right here. That's why when Peter in Acts chapter 2 and Acts chapter 3, when he got up to preach, that's why 3,000 people gave their lives to Jesus in one message. Why? Because Peter had failed, but he bounced back. And when he bounced back, he had a testimony. And his testimony was, God never gave up on me. And his, and his testimony was, he's the friend that sticks closer than a... So look. Now watch, let, let me show you exactly what it was. Verse 31, 33, excuse me. But he said to him, Lord, I'm ready to go with you both to prison and to death. Verse 34, then he said, Peter, listen, you don't even understand what's going on. I know you better than you. He said, the rooster's going to crow this day three times before you deny you know me. He said, Peter, your fault is going to be like you're going to act like you didn't know. You're going to be in a setback and act like you ain't been in a series for two months. Like you didn't know. (laughs) He said, Peter, I want you to know that this is getting ready to happen. So now we can see Peter was the wheat, but his pride was the chaff. What was his pride, Bishop? He liked to use absolutes while he wasn't fully resolute. Go back to verse 33. I got to deal with this real quick. Y'all okay? Now you got to go run and get your burger milkshake 2,500 calories before you go to sleep 
Look what he says. One, two, ready, read. But he said to him, Okay, okay, okay. Watch this. Watch this. Peter's like, Lord, I'm never going to leave you. You can count on me. Rightly diddly be. I'm never going to quit serving Jesus. For God I live. For God I die. Bishop, I'm with you. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> when I hear them words, it's like, oh, God, mark that one. <laughs> Bishop, why? I'm just being facetious, guys. I'm just joking. Don't get on. I'm just joking. just joking. Just joking. Here's my point. When you use absolutes, when you're not fully resolute, what gets put on trial is your absolute. So you say stuff like this. I'll never treat my kids that way. Satan says, let's put that on trial. Let's put that on trial. Watch this. I'll never go back to a relationship like that. Satan's like, let's put that on trial. I want to see. Because you said you wouldn't. I want to see this. Your absolutes get put on trial when you're not fully resolute. I'm always going to do a great job. He's like, really? Okay. He puts it on trial. So Peter was the wheat, but his pride was the chaff. Now, watch this. Last thing. Now, because I didn't get to this last week. I got to get to this. Because Satan has no legal jurisdiction in your life. Got it? He, we give him access through what three things? All right. So you ready to figure out how to, how to deal with him real good once and for all? Revelation 12.7. Here we go. Let's go to work. Revelation 12.7. And... Come on, here it is, here it is, here it is, here it is. Revelation 12, 7, Revelation 12, 7. And war broke out in heaven. I need to correct something. There was no war in God's domain. War was the best English word they could use to translate strife. God ain't having no war. Bishop, how do you know? Because look at what he does. And strife broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon. If I had time, I'd tell you what that meant. And the dragon and his angels fought. But they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. When the scripture says fought, there wasn't no fight like, you know, the Hasetans versus Michael. It wasn't like that. It wasn't like a game, like Mortal Kombat or something. And it wasn't like that. No, what it was was God said, I've created a son called Adam. And you will be, this is too heavy for y'all. I, I I'm gonna give, can I give you a little Bible college just a little bit? I created a son called Adam who is my son. You, angel, are my servant. Mm -hmm. And so now, even though you were here before him, he now has jurisdiction over you. So when you hear him speak, treat it like it's me speaking because he's my son. He's my image and my likeness. And the Hasetan says, oh, no, we were here first. And why should we have to be subject to Adam? Which is why when he goes into the garden, he says, let me take from Adam what I wanted from my... That was the strife. Wasn't no fighting. He was like, I want to be a son too. This is too heavy for you. I apologize. I should have saved this one for Dallas or something. I just too heavy. It's too heavy. So, so look, so look, so, so now, so now they're, now, now God is like, well, this is really simple. Adam is the son. He's in my image and my likeness. What he speaks, just like I'm speaking. He is me in the earth. 
If I had time, I could, I could, I could, I could show you. I could show you. I got to go. Go ahead. Do go to a second one real quick. Okay, watch this. Y'all still here? You sure you're still here? So now they've got this disagreement going, and the disagreement, it's strife. There's no fighting. So the scripture says, and they fought. That's a real poor translation. I don't have time to go through it and give you Hebrew uh, uh, and Greek, excuse me, rather, word by word. But watch this, y'all. So look at verse 9. So the great dragon was put in his place. So the great dragon was cast out. Can I give you a better word? Reassigned. That serpent of old, deceiver of old, called the devil and Satan. So now he's bringing to recollection what people are calling him. Who deceives the whole world. What was the deception? Accusations. He was cast to the earth and his angels. Y'all want just a little bit more taste of Bible college? Notice it doesn't call them demons. Who made them that? Were cast out with him. Where were they sent? Here. To earth. Somebody, I don't want to lose you. I'm just trying to give you a little bit there. So, Bishop, what does this really mean? Notice what happened when he attempted to have a disagreement with God. God said, you got to go. But I'm going to use you in a new function. You'll be the celestial prosecutor now. I didn't make you the devil. They made you the devil because Greek mythology made you Hades. You're still an angel to me. That's how you get in the meetings. This is too heavy. I apologize. I apologize. I apologize. I apologize. This is too heavy. I apologize. Apologeo. Here's the point. Here's what I wanted you to see. What did God do? He put him in his place. He said, you don't get to disagree with me about nothing. But I have a use for you. See, God has no enemies. The devil ain't fighting to try to get another one. God's like, I, have, I don't have no enemies. He works for me. So when he asked for you, Peter, to sift you like wheat, Peter, the reason I allowed it, Peter, is because it's for my glory and your good. I told him how far he could go. I told him where he has to stop. I told him what he can't touch. You can't touch this. <laughs> I told him what he couldn't do. You hear, Harvest? I'm just doing this because it's Wednesday night. So watch this. He's like, I, I told him what he couldn't do. So um, the deal is uh, Satan's role is to accuse us. He uses accusations. He uses what? And 
So he says, if I sow those things, it is my intention, watch this, to show him what the disagreement was about in the first place. They shouldn't have a right to be your sons. This is too much. Yeah, this is too much. So, so watch this. Bishop, what do we do real practically? You put his accusations, accursed things, and addictions in their place. So when he sows something negative, you put it in its place. How do you put it in its place, Bishop? I resist it. I refuse to accept it. So when he tells you, you, you're no good, you resist it. You counteract it with what the truth is. Yes, the truth is, he's made me righteous. The truth is, I am the head and not the tail. When he tells you, but you ought to tell, no, I'm not. <laughs> See, that might be the fact, but that's not the truth. Truth is one of the Greek words, pistis, which means faith. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So when he comes at you, watch this, with an addiction. Maybe you're addicted to being a victim. And everything in your life has always been somebody else's fault. That's how you know you're a victim. You think that way. Nothing is ever your fault. Ever. You could have done nothing, but you, you are perfection. It's all the rest of these people's. And we all can go there sometimes. We all do. We all do. We all make that mistake. Got it? Instead, you say, you know what? No, I'm not a victim. I'm a victor. I'm more than a conqueror. And then once he figures out that doesn't work, the scripture says he'll flee. He'll just leave. And say, well, I tried to put that one on trial. Didn't work. Let me try their sister. <laughs> Let me try their brother. Got it? Because he realized it didn't work. Does this make sense, Harvest? Say, I put him in his place. Come on, say, I put him in his place. Say it again, I put him in his place. And watch this. You got to do this. You got to do this. And I know we went long, but it was it good for us tonight? Amen. Next week, we will not go this long. Amen. You must do this because you spend the most time with yourself. Watch this. It's not enough for me as your pastor or your friends or your spouse or your kids to do it for you. You got to do it for yourself because you spend the most time with you. You ever, you ever had a, what you thought was an agreement with someone about whatever? For them to only go think? <laughs> and what was clearly concluded now, all of a sudden, you can open this whole thing back up. I thought we concluded that when we said, and this is the conclusion. I thought the end meant the end. How are we readdressing this particular issue? You know why? Because they went and spent time with themselves. So we have to be very vigilant at this. Say vigilant. That means you got to be militaristic about it. 
You want to be mad about something, be mad about this. Be mad that he's been stealing and messing up and causing you all kind of failure you didn't have to experience. Be mad about that. Be mad that he thinks you don't have a right to be called the son of God. Be mad about that. Be mad about the fact that he doesn't think you should have life and life more abundantly. Be mad about that. And when he comes talking, when he comes sowing, mm -mm. do what God did. Put him in his place. The Bible says, and there was no longer found a place for him up here. Make it so that when he comes to visit your house, there's no place for him. We're closing. Make it so that when he comes in your car, there's no place for him. Make it so that when he shows up on your job, there's no place for him. There's no place for him because I put him in it. So when he tells you you already messed up, you ought to just keep on messing up. Well, I try now. You put him in his When he tells you, just give up, everybody's doing it. You put him in his place. When he says, well, you know, it's Friday night and you just need one drink. You had a long week. Put him in his place. When he says, don't be kind to him, cuss him. You cuss him, then you put him. No, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Don't you do that. I'm just joking, Elvis. You put him in his place. When he says, say something cruel that you know is going to hurt them because you want to hurt somebody right now, you put him in his place. When he tells you, I don't know why you've been faithful to God. It ain't working. You put him in his place. When he says, I don't know why you wrote that vision down. It ain't coming to pass. You put him in his place. When he tells you, you don't have what you need. You don't have what you need. It ain't going to work. Just give up now. You put him in his place. Does that make sense? And then we're not ignorant to his devices. So he can't take advantage over us. Because I'm going to put him in his place place when he says you're not good enough put him in his place experiences are what people love the most about travel that's why they love viator they have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone plus their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Trying to grab all the groceries in one trip? Oof, not how you would have done that. You know sometimes less is more. Like when you drive less and save with the USAA annual mileage discount. USAA, get a quote today. Hey, hey. 